0: Let's talk about the DCOMs. Let's talk about the D. Let's talk about the DCOMs. We're talking about the D. Hi, and welcome to Talking About the D, the DCOM podcast where we watch all DCOMs and see what they're about, or in my case, watch them for the first time and see if they're any good. I'm Emily Keane, and as always, I'm joined by my co host, Lizzie Gurman. How are you, Lizzie? I am very well. How are you, Emily? I'm fine. I'm fine. And today we have a very special guest, Hunter Karras. Hello, Hunter. Hello. Hi.
1: Feeling very special. (laughs) What an intro.
0: That's Um, wonderful. What did we watch this week, Lizzie? We watched... Phantom
2: of the (laughs) Megaplex.
0: Did you just forget it?
2: Yeah, I did. Phantom of the Megaplex. We watched the Phantom of the Megaplex, which is a movie about a uh, 17-year-old kid who works at a uh, movie theater that is... um, um, having the, the most important night that it's ever gonna have with this um, premiere, like a, a Hollywood premiere of a movie. Um, and he's basically in charge of the theater and uh, things go awry when um, a phantom um, causes mischief in the movie uh, and just wrecks his night and uh, Pete has to um, discover the mystery of who the phantom is so that he can save his reputation And uh, get the girl of his dreams. There we go. Yeah. Does that sound right to you guys?
1: Sounds, yeah.
2: Good. (laughs) Uh, I
1: I think we nailed it. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We'll uh, see you next week.
2: This Mm -hmm. is just a long (laughs) long (laughs) (laughs) live podcast. Hunter, what is your memory of watching this movie? Tell us everything.
1: Yeah. uh, It was interesting revisiting it because I definitely have not seen it since it was originally on uh 19 years ago um yeah um at which point i was probably i was about eight years old nine years old so probably the target demographic for it at the time Mm -hmm. uh it's interesting where the 17 year old is the protagonist right because that the young kids like they want to be that uh older kid um that's why kids movies with actual kids as the protagonists don't often seem to do as well you got to make them like the sidekicks yeah Yeah. and then they're the most like identifiable ones of course they're the ones like figuring it all out yeah and all the adults are clueless so like classic kids movie tropes Mm -hmm. um and i was just the right age when this came out uh for it to hit me just right
2: (laughs) did you identify with Pete, do you feel? Oh my
1: gosh. Well, yeah. I <laughs> actually worked in a movie theater all through college, mm-hmm. so a little bit older than Pete is in the movie, but they kind of make a point like how he's the youngest assistant manager ever. Mm-hmm. And like, you've got to lampshade it because there's no way a 17 year old kid <laughs> is like co that... running a movie
0: theater. <laughs> right. Um, that was my issue as well. And I'm like, I, I also worked at a movie theater, but when I was a little bit older, I it was just after I finished college and i'm curious like it seemed like this movie theater only had kids working there and then like two adults and i'm just like that was not my experience (laughs) there were like maybe a couple of 16 year olds but mostly people over 18 yeah (laughs) yeah um hunter what was yeah what was the demographic like There was
1: probably about half and half um like high school seniors um, yeah. working at my movie theater and then like college kids and older. But everybody that was like a manager or anything was definitely in their like 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was definitely
0: a full adult. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, so that was that was interesting.
0: Um, well,
2: Max is just Max. I don't know his name. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> wow, why did I not, Max? It's not even remotely Max. I think Ma- Max is the uh, – in Hocus Pocus. And I'm just –
0: that's wow. where I'm at mentally.
2: Okay. Um Pete is um very responsible as we find out. Mm-hmm. Pete lives to work. He does not work to live. Yeah. He is just and it's because he he, he wants, wants to be rich. Him, he wants to be rich and he thinks that this part-time uh $5 an hour, however whatever yep. it was in 2000, a
0: movie well, theater he's an job. assistant manager. So he's maybe making 7.
2: Yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, His assistant, and he also was there. Like a family, like pressure on him. Not, I know his mom was really nice. Did he feel his, pressured? Yeah,
1: I mean, he's got a single mom with three kids. Uh, I think uh, it's something that, like, as a Disney Channel original movie, they don't want it to be like, no, like he's working because uh, <laughs> like, he needs to afford like the clothes, that he has. Uh, and you know, and for him, it's he's obviously just sort of. Um, skirts around it. he's like no mom I just want to be rich and she's like you're working yourself to death Like, uh, there is a very real and dramatic version of these scenes but because it's a movie aimed for eight year olds um, he just kind of smirks it off Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it ultimately this is one of the most relatable movies I think um, in a lot of ways because it has the, definitely the most um, relatable antagonist, the most real antagonist <laughs> I've ever seen in any feature film, maybe, <laughs> um, which is the um, general manager who's just making life harder for everybody else.
0: Yeah. Um, Unnecessarily. That's very, very true. Mm-hmm. Especially at places like movie theaters where they think they have a lot more power than they do. And it's like, you are the general manager of yeah. movie theater, <laughs> like, You don't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> Um the one the one I worked at, the general manager got fired shortly after I finished there for like some sort of embezzlement scheme or something. Like
1: And their name was
0: <laughs> I'll give you their name.
2: Um so unfortunately I brought the wrong notebook from work. I have two work notebooks. One is for watching at work and one is for taking notes. Do you want and me to cut the <laughs> Possibly, and um, I think it's important
1: to share the process. Yeah, the share audience.
2: the process, and this is absolutely the wrong one. So, other, right now, like I, I don't remember how
0: the movie starts. Is what I'm trying to say. So it starts with all of the kids at the theater basically cleaning up and getting ready for the movie premiere that okay. night, yeah. mm-hmm. which I had a problem with because none of them were wearing uniforms. They were all just in their like they in their street clothes, clothes. Yeah, cleaning, but then. They also line up, and the manager guy is like, you got to come back at 3 o'clock for your shift. And I'm like, what time is it now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it also it starts, I mean, with like um, a rapid monologue from, uh, what, what, what's his name again, Pete? Pete yeah, Riley? Max yeah. Pete. Because yeah. I mean, he has to walk us through. I mean, the movie's an <laughs> yes, hour and a half long, yes. so he has to walk us through like, yeah. here's all the quirky characters that work here at the movie theater each one of them has a fun nickname that corresponds <laughs> yep. to their one uh personality <laughs> <Their> one trait <laughs> so that you can easily keep track of them <laughs> um, most
0: of them are alliterative mm-hmm. yes
1: and uh and they're all definitely going to be suspects
2: <laughs> right? Um, that's right and we also have to establish that like there was a big movie theater in town and then I think it shut down or was demolished, right? That's um right. yes, and
0: it then... it's part of
1: the legend of the phantom is that there was an old movie theater, uh, one of those old cinema plexes or, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of uh, like most of them it was torn down and the rumor was that uh, one moviegoer was left inside and some say he's still alive and that mm-hmm. sort of lends itself now to uh because there's a new movie theater built on that same spot and whenever things go wrong much like the phantom of the opera uh <laughs> they all sort of point it to oh it's the phantom of the megaplex mm-hmm. making all these things it's almost happen. as
0: if phantom of the opera was the basis for the movie <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, they, you yeah that. And, that,
1: and that uh the uh spot like that in that opening as well uh, i think they even say that was the first movie shown in the movie theater. Um, so they just own it up front. They're like, yep, we know what we're doing. We're all (laughs) on board. This is a, this is a parody. Cool.
2: Um, that is right. And then, um, yeah, there's that long. I remember being like, "Oh my god, this is a lot of exposition." It was. <laughs> I have to yeah, get a lot of information. And, and then it's like, "And on top of all this other information, you have to know that I'm the general man or I'm I'm the assistant manager and I'm the youngest one and I'm really good at it and we're gearing up for this movie premiere and then there's like a ton of names. Mm-hmm. So many
0: names." And then Cuz there's so many characters. Then we meet Movie Mason. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney.
1: What a get. What a Whoa. get. For DCOM and, and I 2000. I know.
0: I wonder. Um, I don't I'm think not... it was that hot
1: of a get. <laughs> he's available. That's cool. he's, he was at the stage in his career where he's just making cameos <laughs> in Muppet movies. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: There is just one part of the movie where I am 100% sure Mickey Rooney is reading off cue cards. And I don't know if you guys saw it. It's basically his first scene where he is, um, not the very first scene, but he, to um, skip for just a tiny bit, he uh, volunteers to take tickets, mm-hmm. and um, he's holding up this uh, the line because he's trying to talk these two guys out of seeing this movie, and he goes on this long kind of, I'm going to say monologue, um, uh, diatribe about the magic of movies, and he, his eyes are just not quite, <laughs> like... Present, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, you gotta give it to him. Uh, All of his monologues are pretty much the same thing. Yeah, so I (laughs) get confused too. Uh, (laughs) That's true. uh, Every time uh, (laughs) movie Mason starts talking, which is really, I think, like it's obvious, you know, the themes and the heart of the movie, really. It's just him uh, highlighting like the magic of cinema, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and what that really means. And I Never identified more with the scene, I think, than when he was trying to convince these guys not to go see some crappy movie and to go see a better movie instead. As an usher uh, or a ticket taker at a movie theater, I tried to do the same thing. Um, said, "Please don't go, don't go see that trash. There's so, so much better things uh, that you can spend your time and <laughs> money on." And I annoyed people just as much as he
0: did.
2: <laughs> that is true. He's well, like. The, they have to be worth your time. They need to be worth your money. Like in this that particular kind of instance,
0: though, these people have already bought the ticket and are just trying to get it <laughs> into the theater. So it's like it's too late. Yeah, like, um, it does. It seems like a fool's errand. And yeah, I would yeah. like like that was the moment I was like, oh, I'm siding with the manager. <laughs> <laughs> no, he needs to go. These it's oh, holding yes. up the line. Oh, yeah, no, me, he's
1: look. holding. He's terrible for business. Like.
0: <laughs> it's just awful. He's terrible for business. Um, before we go too far, yeah, So please. Pete is played by Taylor Handley. Yes. Who, if you remember, was Oliver Trask on The OC? Yeah. So, I I did not watch The OC, but neither, neither, neither of you watched The OC. No, I'm sorry. I'm um, no.
2: Um, is that his biggest role?
0: Probably. Okay. He was like the season one villain. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um,
2: I mean,
1: he was was also in Jack Frost. (laughs)
0: Was he
2: in Jack? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. He wasn't the kid in Jack Frost, was he? I do believe so. Oh, no. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: He hit his, (laughs) he hit his, uh, peak. He peaked early,
0: Mm -hmm. one would say. Um. That's true. It
1: doesn't get better than Jack Frost.
0: Yeah. Is there anyone else of note in this the only other person I recognized was one of the other kids that's like taking tickets in mm-hmm. that scene where they get movie Mason is, is Jason from Mean Girls, like yes. the guy that's yes. like, "Do you want your muffin buttered?" Like, <laughs> 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 that's right. He's one of the thank kids. you. Good
2: job. Good good yeah. eye. Once again, eagle eye keen can. Well, he's got
0: he looked and sounded exactly the same. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I think Mean Girls was made in like two thousand four four yeah so this only was four years later yeah. So, yeah yeah, pretty close, I mean the o c was two thousand three, I think, yeah, so yeah, also pretty close mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that was that was where I
2: recognized, yeah, so Pete is like, um I think we we follow Pete home and we get in, get introduced to his mom, um who's a single mom, and his dad just loved the movies. Right. Yeah. Am I right. And then we meet his the dad's siblings. passed away. His dad has yeah. passed away. I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you. That's an important thing. Yeah. It's not a divorce situation. It's a no. And uh, the siblings are there's a younger sister. And then there's a younger brother. And the yeah. The Prokosi younger brother uh, is the youngest of the three. And the um, younger sister is uh, hellbent for leather on getting into. It's like. Pet Cemetery. Sure. <laughs> no, it's, it's like University of Corpus or something. Like,
1: yeah, or College of Death. It's, like it's she some, wants to go some some see a PG 13 horror movie. Some, which, yeah. I mean, as a PG 13 horror movie, it can't be that good anyway. So <laughs> I want to see what happens when Farmer Brown goes to town. <laughs> And by the way, I love all of the fake movies. I know. This, it's one of, I, you can tell yes. I had the most fun creating all of these fake movies. I mean, those two yeah. kids, they're constantly rattling off references yeah. to movies that clearly don't exist. Mm-hmm. So that's a little alienating. But once yeah. you <laughs> actually see movies on the big screen, um, they do this great effect where they'll constantly have those films um, echoing what we see uh, mm-hmm. in the actual story. Um I thought that was just one of the funniest um aspects of the film for sure
2: um such as um um the little what's the littlest brother's name brian um, brian it's brian and karen yes brian is um, supposed to stay put in the movie theater mm-hmm. and karen goes back to get him and he hasn't stayed put and on screen we're watching uh farmer, farmer brown, brown come back to his truck and he's like i told her to stay put <laughs> and because uh, oh. he told- life imitates
0: us <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite fake movie title was Glimpses of Genevieve. <laughs> what said, do you think that movie was about, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know, but <laughs> I do know that was the movie that movie Mason was telling them not to go see, telling yeah. these two beefy guys, and I'm oh. like, I'm not sure that they would be going to see Glimpses of Genevieve. I think
1: they, I I mean, unless
0: think they it's, were. Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, Unless seen. it's like a softcore mm-hmm. porn. Yeah, like. I think that's,
1: that's what it sounds like. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think I buy that. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) But it doesn't sound like something that would appeal to guys. (laughs) Um, I think you see like
2: glimpses of her body. Oh, is what the implication is. Is what the implication. I mean,
1: really, what the title is is to set up uh, the Phantom's
2: uh, (laughs)
1: uh, shenanigans. Because the other great use that they do with all these fake movies is how uh, the Phantom and his different. traps and tricks, all correlate with each of those movies. Um, Sure do. Such as the glimpses of Genevieve. um, Well, they literally only get glimpses because the (laughs) film reel starts to cut out. That's one of the more mundane uh, (laughs) things that the Phantom tries to pull throughout the night. uh, All the way down to um, somehow sneaking in a giant fan in a Twister film. Right. Um, yeah.
2: that... that nobody saw. Yeah. A yeah. fan they, they that apparently from... can blow
0: everyone away.
1: Literally, a woman like runs away claiming that there's an actual tornado. I mean, maybe yeah, it's like right. back in the day when people thought the train was actually going to come out of the was. screen <laughs> at them. Like, she hasn't okay. actually seen a movie before that day. <laughs> um, but she I just actually know says, run did...
0: for your lives, children. It's a tornado.
1: <laughs> I just want to know, how did the Phantom get that giant fan in front of the screen, and then how did no one notice it for the entire first it doesn't
2: make any. It doesn't um, make any sense. I wondered that when, as a child, I was like, they come in, and the fan's just there, mm-hmm. and it's like, what? None, none of this makes sense. That you
0: can't actually pick it apart. For the glimpses of Genevieve one, it's that the the print is like blurry and it keeps sort of coming in I and know. out. Uh, yeah, that's and one of the earlier like, tricks. Yeah. The people in that cinema were having a meltdown. Yeah, they were <laughs> freaking out. There's <up>. no chill <laughs>
1: for <laughs> any person in this entire theater. And again, so true to life. Uh, the, the, the stakes of this film are so real and raw and honestly took me back. To so many uh, busy movie premieres, mm-hmm. and, yeah.
2: Hollywood, the Hollywood premieres that you, you uh, were. Well,
1: you know what? Well, just uh, you know, one of those min- midnight releases. I mean, like uh, the new busy. Avengers movie just came out. Think about all the poor theater uh, workers um, working around the clock right now. Poor one out for you uh, <laughs> but yeah, that uh, those stakes, like the angry uh, patrons at the theater, and then the unnecessarily aggressive workplace are probably like two of the most real things uh, in any movie.
2: Part of the aggressive workplace is uh, Sean the general manager as yeah. we've discussed who is just the living worst yeah I would say um, and he
0: and the projectionist are the only adults at this only grown-ups in the whole
2: place. Um, and you know what, yeah, and Sean is just really, really stressed out, and I do understand that there is a big-time premiere, and the owner's gonna be there, and everything has to be perfect, he but puts he has a to, lot of
0: pressure on The owner desk.
2: has to understand it, there's a bunch of 15-year-olds mm-hmm. working there. It's
0: not gonna go right. It's just not. And he's chosen to have it be that way. He, ha-
2: he was He was in on the But also at the
0: beginning, Sean, like, lines up all the kids, and is like, careers are gonna be made, and careers will be broken, <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> Korea's at the movie theater?
2: He's referring to his own career. Yeah, because
1: oh. remember, he has passed over for the big promotion uh, mm-hmm. for the owner's uh, son-in-law, which he just casually says out loud on the phone in front of the entire movie theater <laughs> staff, because that's how you have um, a conversation. <laughs> um, I just, he But you know what? He just owns it. He puts it out there and tells everyone, I have the most motivation <laughs> to be the Phantom of the Megaplex in the first act. And yet he keeps throwing him. He's a clever guy. He kidnaps <laughs> himself not once, but twice. He, <laughs> does, and, he does. And after both scenes, <laughs> it it you know. it like it's movie Mason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after both scenes, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, why doesn't he call the cops? The guy just goes right back to work. Uh, <laughs> honestly, you got to admire his work ethic. But ultimately, um, it, it shows that it doesn't matter because uh, it all goes to. The um, son-in-law that doesn't even know how to find the projection room.
2: Right. right, has no idea. I I have to say that after that very obvious like um, thing, so they give both movie Mason um, motive because mm-hmm. uh, he gets like quote unquote hired by Sean to take tickets, out. messes it up, and then he gets torn apart in front of like like Sean is very very rude to him, and movie Mason disappears. And then they give Sean motive, and I honestly was like. Sean's motive is so obvious that the twist is going to be that it's not Sean. Because mm-hmm. I got it like reversed in my head. But then the twist was that it wasn't Movie Mason. <laughs> and it was, in fact, the guy who had the most motive and the most physical I mean, capability of anyone. I was convinced that it
0: wasn't Movie Mason. When, <laughs> when, the, when the kids find him in that like basement and, yeah. and he starts talking... Because he keeps being like... Um, children, children, children. <laughs> and then he starts talking, And I'm like, they're, j-. and then at the end he goes, it wasn't me. And the kids are like, oh, that's all the proof you yeah. need. And I'm like, this is terrifying. He's like, I think, I think Brian is like, movie Mason, are you the
2: phantom? And he's like, it's like, Commercial break or something. And then he's like, And then 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 we come back and
1: Mickey Rooney has a monologue. Yeah. um, (laughs) Where he talks about the magic of movies. The second monologue. The The second monologue. About three of them. Quit giving him monologues. He's old. You get Mickey Rooney. I mean, he's going to just have some monologues. What's he (laughs) going to do? Improv with those kids? What's he going to (laughs) do? And and he talks about the magic of movies. And then, you know, explains to them how uh, he loves the movies so, so much. He could never ruin that experience that's right and that was the that was the logic i was like you know what that's the difference between him and and a uh, shot yeah you know, um movie mason he really cares about that movie experience he doesn't so care true. about the money he doesn't he takes make him tickets. any less creepy oh. i mean he's living in that theater yeah. um, <laughs> like don't don't get it wrong he's like,
0: walking up to children in a dark basement going children children <laughs> children <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Sean is like
2: been set up. Like his hubris and his pride is such that he would wreck it for everybody else. I don't know if you guys noticed, but after he gets caught, he basically doesn't have anything to say for himself. They give him like no lines.
1: Sean, do you oh, remember I, that? Yeah, no, he just fails upwards. The the big, the big <laughs> yeah. director that's there for the premiere, like, cause he just he's unmasked like a Scooby Doo episode. Yeah, and he just is like, yeah, it I'm was me, you. cause I wanted. Cause he's talking to the owner of the theater and tells him. Um, he, you know, his entire motivation basically because mm-hmm. he's just so like put upon. Uh, <laughs> honestly, the guy doesn't even get his name right. Yeah. Uh, he demands so much and can't even uh, give him his name. And so he explodes on him, and then the director's like, You're going to be big, kid. <laughs> and, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, it showed. Um, Riley, who, whose art we said, how his mother uh, thinks he's working too hard. Pete. Um, you know, uh, Pete. That's he's right. Pete, Pete Riley. Riley. Max. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Pete,
0: Pete, Pete <laughs> Riley's, Riley. the yeah, Riley's, Riley's the last. Riley's the name.
1: name. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and she thinks he's working too hard. It ultimately comes back around to that. It's like, Yeah, why are you working so hard? It's not gonna go anywhere. They're just gonna it's either gonna go to nepotism or the person that like makes a fool of themselves. So I mean just that's just go the see truth. a movie with your family. Just uh, go see a movie with your family. Because yeah. nothing matters. Yeah. And because yeah. That's
2: a good lesson to learn. In a movie. It actually is. I don't, that's I don't accurate. know if I could have taken that home as a as a seven year old,
0: but I yeah. did. Don't think take that things too seriously because nepotism is going to take all the jobs you ever wanted. You're never gonna. That's a
2: <laughs> quite quite a message for the 21st century. There we go. Don't try too hard. It's just, yeah, you can't. You're never gonna get what you want. <laughs> um, jumping back a bit, please.
0: Let's please. talk about the mom.
2: Yeah. Yes. So she's her own subplot she yeah. does that i fast forwarded through because
0: i was like i don't care her <laughs> don't boyfriend care was weird yeah. <laughs> i did not understand why the what kids you- liked him i
2: i
1: there's definitely like 10 minutes that was cut out of a you draft somewhere so? where because yeah. he where he would be set up somehow to be like um I think a suspect because I, I agree they, yeah. they like paint him to be kind of like off-putting early on, yeah. and then yeah. they realize, oh, we need the parents to be away so the kids can play. Yeah. So our entire subplot is like they talk about their relationship in a, me- a plant metaphor, mm-hmm. and then the car breaks down, and then we don't see mom until the third act. Yeah. <laughs> that plant
0: metaphor was wild. <laughs> oh, man.
2: It's about it's about because she's gonna ask. She's hoping that he'll ask her to marry him.
0: Yeah. No, I thought well, she was saying actually she's not ready yeah, for yeah. that the conversation oh, right um, they, it's like, they, they, like i fast forwarded through it i don't we remember shouldn't
1: put the plants together yeah, yeah. We shouldn't ruin the together. Plants. you, you yeah. can put and them in one pot like, but totally. you don't
0: need to they're happy in yeah. their separate pots <laughs> yeah.
1: and then the next time we see those two characters they get engaged
0: yeah uh, yeah. yeah so
1: you know she's had it's a quick it's a, it's a quick arc but you know there it is
0: also um so she's like so the, the daughter, Karen, really wants to go to that horror movie, but she has to take the younger brother because it's PG-13, so he can't go to that, is what I'm mm. assuming. Yeah. Mom
1: I doesn't want either of the kids to go to the PG-13 movie, period. I still
0: don't fully yeah. understand American ratings. <laughs> but... um, I
1: mean, it's not illegal. Um, it's just mom doesn't want either of them to go, and uh, and I don't think he's interested in seeing that either.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he wants want to, to see, see Farmer Brown. Yeah. <laughs> so. goes to
1: town. I'm like, honestly, with that title, so do I.
0: So she makes a deal. The mom makes a deal with Karen that if she goes to see Farmer Brown with the kid, then Pete will drive them back. And then she'll only, she says, then you only have to be on duty till I get home at midnight. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so so Karen is going to be in charge of Brian until you get home at midnight?
1: <laughs> yeah, then what is your 13-year-old going to do after that point?
0: <laughs> what? And then what time is Pete getting home? Yeah, what time um, does Pete get home? But That's I'm also like...
2: Question.
1: Oh, he what? works at a movie theater. He's probably getting home at like 1 o'clock. But yeah. who stays um, out
0: until yeah. midnight when you have
2: yeah, children? Was,
0: yeah,
2: like, a 13-year-old at home alone.
0: I wouldn't. And you're dating a guy like George. Like (laughs) you're not gonna be out till midnight, George. Clearly,
1: yeah, it didn't go anywhere. You're having dinner at seven. Look, she was optimistic. Okay, I good for her getting back out there. You (laughs) two, you two, leave Mrs. Riley alone.
0: That's fair. That that is fair. we haven't
2: been. We haven't really thought
0: it all through. Hunter's right.
1: And she's a single mom just doing the best she can. the best!
0: Also, she has the best reactions in this entire movie. Does when, she? When she calls the like movie theater pay phone yeah. and that guy picks up and he's like, City Morgue. <laughs> her face is just like, oh my god. <laughs> she reacts like like she's actually called the morgue and they've told her her children are dead. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, how? What? It's obviously a prank. I think it's a prank. A prank. Yeah, because you have to
2: leave the payphone like dangling. Like, it's probably, it's, yeah. Someone's gonna. it's not the first time in her life someone's picked up a payphone and messed but, with. it. like, her. she
0: knows she's calling a payphone. Yeah, yeah. So any random can pick it up. Yeah. It's just there. Yeah.
2: Oh. Um, <laughs> I did like the payphone scene. I've never used a payphone. Um, I've never had to. I've never been in a position used where payphone. I've only ever. I've used landlines,
0: of course. But I just, like... i never called a payphone. I've used one to call someone else. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Have you used a
2: payphone,
1: Hunter? Uh, once or twice.
2: Really? Okay. I just was too... I, I mean, don't back know. in the day. Back in the day,
0: I just was never somewhere without a phone. Do you know what I mean? We had this thing. I don't know if they had it here. It was called 1-800-REVERSE. No. Where you would call that, and then you would do a reverse charge call to whoever you wanted. So... If I, if my phone ran out of credit, I would call my parents using that, and then it would charge them that's, for the call. That's a good idea. Yeah, you had credits on your phone to... Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I had got my first, like, yeah. mobile phone, yeah. like, it was just credit, but, mm-hmm. but you could do that on a payphone as well.
2: Yeah, totally. I don't remember
0: how much calls cost. Got it. In Australia. Got it. Um, well, I just,
2: I really like that payphone scene, and then the, you know, the... um i think owner of the theater has like a cell no sean has this like a flip phone like a real old, a real cell phone it's kind of fun um what are the pranks that the phantom pulls we've got glimpses of genevieve we've got the tornado one
0: so the tornado is in cyclone summer thank you and then there is was there another one he sets up
2: one they're in the booth they're in the projection booth and they watch him set up a thing that to, yeah, k- to make... So then they're doing the
0: one for midnight mayhem
1: right that's the third act mm-hmm. uh climax mm-hmm. yeah he does something or tries to do something with like a smoke machine and then at some point he uh like the popcorn machine breaks we don't know if that actually was the, the phantom though that might Sometimes these the, things just happen. there's the like
0: gumballs that fall onto the ground right, which is, which not, is just oh, an yeah. accident yeah like, just, that just yeah. happened yeah, yeah no, but they, no, they i think they, 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 did, did, they did, did, that. did that so they could get um him playing hockey in. Oh, yeah, the
1: weirdest scene in the not a,
0: It's not a decom if there isn't a sport. Just a stupid, yeah, yeah, just shoe. And then he's so impressive there. doing hockey, and I'm like, this is the stupidest way to clean this up. Yeah, Hunter, you want to so describe good. it for the people? I
1: mean, yeah, it's insane. Uh gumball <laughs> machine breaks, and all the gumballs spill on the floor and trip a bunch of people. They all spill their popcorn, their Coke. By the way, that's going to be very sticky. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't get a broom or a mop. No, he goes and gets a hockey stick from a display, and... Um,
0: and a trash can And
1: a trash can you. <laughs> knocks it over And just uh, s- Sort of sweeps All the trash into it And they do it Through a musical montage I mean I get that It's not very Cinematically exciting To watch a guy sweep But <laughs> There's a nobility In the fact Like we're showing Just how hard he works But some executive Was like No we can't just Show him working hard He's mm-hmm. also gotta be cool The yeah.
0: kids want hockey yeah. He's gotta yeah. impress That girl <laughs>
2: um yeah so pete has a girl pete has several is a complex character if if, nothing if not complex and he is worried primarily about this girl i don't remember her name i think
0: it's caitlin yeah that sounds right. he has a crush on her and he's got her and a friend tickets to come see an earlier movie and then he's gonna like sneak them into the premiere i think yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but um there's this other guy there whose name i don't remember he has a funny name oh donnie Looks yeah. like it's donnie yeah from the wikipedia yeah um, i think that's right and donnie keeps like cutting in basically right. and trying to get caitlin's attention donnie's
2: the douche douchey jock yeah. who like breaks the gumball machine for, he like he's not he doesn't mean to but he breaks it and then he's like it was all brian's fault yeah. Um, and a yeah. great
1: antagonist for uh, for Pete because he's like the rich boy that never uh, Pete says you know he's never worked a day in his life and while Pete's toiling away at the movie theater this guy is getting everything that Pete's always wanted you right know? and now he's afraid he's into this girl and he's gonna get her too so yeah. Pete's like what 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 is he gonna do how's he gonna win the girl <laughs> because yeah. Caitlin
2: only wants guys who can. Popcorn and movie tickets. And it's kind play of like, sports, I, I think guess. he says says something like, Caitlin wants like a sophisticated guy who can like pay for a movie ticket. You know what it so sounds I have like? To work
0: it, it sounds a lot like in Motocross. It sure does. When that girl was like, she only wants someone who can pay for all of her shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, like, <laughs> the owner's daughter is like clearly
2: wrong for wrong for the other guy the love interest mm-hmm. but he's still in love with her because and he wants to impress her with um being like a sophisticated mm-hmm. guy who can who has in sync yeah. tickets and that kind of thing but he right.
1: was wrong about her all along all she wanted was a guy who would you know jump onto a giant balloon dinosaur <laughs> yeah. and stab it with a plastic sword and save the day and you know in class you know in a classic hollywood ending right?
0: yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty standard really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I do feel like a little bit angry
2: at like Caitlyn though cuz Caitlyn flirts with him super super hard and then Donnie comes back with popcorn and she just doesn't do anything, which is like very yeah not a great characterization for. Oh, yeah, it's no, confusing. She, she, she doesn't seem
1: to be in interested. <laughs> yeah, she she's not being very clear. She clearly doesn't know what she wants. Mixing. I mean,
0: I mean honestly, good for her if she's using douchebag Donny to get her popcorn and stuff, and then she's actually gonna go date Pete. Cause... I did feel
2: for Pete a little bit because Pete was Pete didn't know what to you know. I was like Caitlin, you should. Well, I respect uh, your, like, you know, hustle, um, but I just think it wasn't very nice to, you know, she was clearly interested in Pete, and, you know, it's not, I don't, don't fuck with his heart, as Ed Sheeran said. Don't, it's not, it's not fair. Um, yeah, I had that thought about Caitlin for sure. I was like, Caitlyn, I just don't, I just don't know. What did you, I quite enjoyed the two kids. I actually thought they were Karen very watchable, and Karen Brian. and Brian. They Absolutely. had their own plot. I thought Karen was quite a strong little actress. Mm-hmm.
0: I she enjoyed. Was good. I
2: enjoyed her. Actually, I didn't mind. I mean, Brian's "The Phantom of the Megaplex Strikes Again" yeah. wasn't yeah. my favorite tagline. But but I was and, more annoyed the plot, with because he's yeah. the only
1: one that's like, well, clearly there's there's a Phantom of the Megaplex, and it takes most of the movie for everybody to be like.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I was Pete. More, and more annoyed with the script given to him than mm. him mm. as a character yeah. slash person. Yeah, yeah. Um, lines like that were just. But also, um, and again, this is really more for the script, but just like. He's just all like, movie Mason would never do yeah. anything. And I'm like, this is an old creepy man. <laughs> you stay away. <laughs> you stay away, child. <laughs> that's so true. They're very quick
2: to, and it is hard. It's hard to, I mean, yeah, like movie Mason, like in real life, I'd be like, oh, very wary of him. You know, like, like that
0: is he an has insurance a good
1: taste risk. in movies. Yeah. That's how you can tell if a person is good or bad. <laughs> and that's what Phantom of the Megaplex taught me. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Out of the titles in that come up in this movie, I think glimpses of Genevieve would be my pick. I, Midnight Mayhem yeah, sounds true. awful.
1: True. <laughs> oh yeah, with that like Brett Ratner and director Yeah. yeah. Right They're just like the that's grossest line. You know yeah. what I just
2: remembered? <laughs> I'm sorry. As far as like old tech goes, mm-hmm. the one of the plot points hinges on like, have you guys heard of spoiler websites? Yes. We have to go get on the internet. Get spoilers
0: for and, find and this there's a website one. that has just the plot Honestly, of the movie. Yeah,
1: and that's just so like brilliant. <laughs> I, like, I thought like the kid's uh, ingenuity. He was like, "Wait, we can get ahead of the Phantom. We'll just find out what happens in the movie," and uh, and that was. That was just such a great, like, little payoff. I mean, mm-hmm. again, clearly, like, the that is the age range uh, that the movie is intended for. Yeah. yeah. So that's why they keep giving, you know, he he's the one that drives the plot. Yeah. He's the one that figures everything out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the smartest one in the room. Mm-hmm. Because as the eight-year-old watching Phantom of the Megaplex on Disney Channel, <laughs> you want to feel like you're the smartest one in the <sighs> room. You'd catch that phantom. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Even, even, I, I do... I don't know how old, maybe 12. Karen's supposed to be about 12, maybe. Uh, it says 13 she's on 13. media, yeah. but yeah. 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 She's, uh, she's like t- too cool for school. Um, yeah, she's a little too, yeah, you can't really fully, even as a girl. Yeah. I think you're, you're, um, what's the word? That oh, actually I it
0: says, identifying with, it says uh, Brian's guy. 12 and Karen's 13. So they're really close in age.
2: Mm-hmm. Brian seems younger
0: than. 20. Yeah, that makes it weird how much uh, they're like. You need to look maybe? after Brian. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: if yeah. it's only a year different. Only a year, yeah. Mm. I feel like in, I, I he's very precocious, but I do feel like she's not for twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he seems, but he's he's, he's like a, for he has 12. a large vocabulary, but mm-hmm. I thought it was like a eleven year old mm. who like kind of talks like a fifteen year old, like talks yeah. like a fourteen
0: year old, and can put stuff together a lot. Better than your average. I mean, yeah. twelve. He is a boy, so he's gonna look younger yeah. than a twelve-year-old exactly. girl. would Yeah, look. that's
2: true.
1: And that um. precociousness, uh, you know, gotta love it. Like it, they both have it too, and it comes from their love of movies. Like they're like, well, we've yeah. seen all the plots, so we can figure out, you know, what's going on here, right? And yeah. like, they, it, it's interesting in how like cinema is like a collective language for all of us, and how um, it's just uh, clear. That for those kids, that is their way of understanding the world. And that's uh really keeps going back to movie Mason. Uh, I sound like him right now, honestly. <laughs> I kind of the magic of movies and what they can do, but it's true.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that is oh. pretty great and very true. So then we get the arrival of Miss Tori Hicks. Oh, yeah! she's like the PR agent for... Mm-hmm. Madison Ashley Metz, which is the stupidest name I've ever heard in my life. I
2: th- I don't know if it's like a play on how Hollywood actresses have three names. Like, probably a big supposed thing to at be. the time. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Sarah, um, like a Sarah Michelle Gellar, maybe.
0: Yeah. Like kind of Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Jessica, yeah, and mm-hmm. then was another one as well. Courtney Coxarquette. Would you have been Courtney Coxarquette at that? That's point? a great question. Two no, thousand. Um,
1: yeah, when that, was, that was post-Scream yeah. 2. It's funny, uh, that, and that's for a different podcast, but you can track the uh, David Arquette, Patricia uh, Arquette. Um. Jennifer Love Hewitt
0: was the other person. <laughs> yes, think, thank yeah. you, that was to- that's yeah, totally Yeah, you can it.
1: track their relationship through those screen movies. <laughs>
0: screen.
2: Um, humorous. That is... They, humorous. Get, uh, they get married
1: and divorced just as the characters. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, yes, and she is a piece of work lady oh, yeah. she is it's like Hollywood very
0: Hollywood and they're like we she... live in Ohio and I don't know what's going on <laughs> she walks I don't in understand. and she's like basically excuse me she says excuse me children she does say that <laughs> and then she's like this is amateur hour and I'm like you just said excuse me children what are you expecting <laughs> the place is run by children <laughs> um,
2: do you see any adults here lady do you yeah. see a single one no these are
0: 15-year-olds. You're, you're not legally allowed to even communicate with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and so she's just like, what's going on? And then later we get to like the, I guess the premiere sort of starting and people are arriving and mm. maybe Mason is out front singing, which oh, is weird. Oh, he is Talk out front. From...
1: Talk singing, yes.
2: yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
0: because Mickey Rooney can't sing. No. Um, I was wondering, of course,
2: where the music was coming from. Maybe he's the only one who can hear the music. Maybe yeah. there's music coming from speakers it's impossible to know i mean mickey
0: rooney has basically played the same character since the 1930s right but, literally but yeah. but now he doesn't have judy Garland there to make him seem normal <laughs> like
2: what did you think do you think uh, do you think anyone but uh, movie mason because oh really yeah use no, it?
1: definitely it's the, the audience is like diegetically the audience is clapping along yeah. and he's just like they're into seven. it oh yeah they're having well they've been outside for hours and mickey rooney <laughs> is putting on a show i mean yeah I'd be slightly entertained for five minutes. (laughs) I certainly was watching the film.
0: So then Sean comes out and tells him that he needs to go. And then Madison Ashley Metz arrives and comes up and goes straight to movie Mason. And Sean's like, do you know him? And she's like, yeah, movie Mason was the one who encouraged me to get into acting. And I'm like, this relationship, I have so many questions. This is weird and creepy and strange. Just why? Mm.
1: He's just... Well, he's like the local legend, right? And she's she's a local girl. That's why I think the movie premieres. That's like, right. Happening she's a here. local girl. Yeah. yeah. And so... Uh,
0: it was shot yeah. locally,
2: I thought, as well. Mm.
1: Um, yeah. So... Just like you know, like the kids all have like a kind of a reverence for Movie Mason. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just he's that charming uh, old man character or old person character. I think a lot of small towns have mine. Uh, it was the local librarian, Miss Maddie Aww. She had uh, a sidekick mouse that only she could see. Uh, his name was Scooter, <laughs> no. and uh, he rode a little motorcycle. We could all see the motorcycle.
0: See, that's adorable. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> you
2: to say that i don't know what i was
0: expecting but not that did you Holy, have any cute see? old people no
2: uh, neither did I, have, I. I i have no point of reference for this to speak well as a, as a
1: as a kid growing up in a small town we had our own sort of like movie mason and uh and and that miss maddie so yeah it's kind of it, we see that with the kids and then we see it with with her like he is like that local small town like the, he's the legend. Um, around town. That's why they let him just live in the theater.
2: Yeah. He literally lives in the basement. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. um. I assume they have a washer and dryer. That he was he like, has one set of clothes, you know. Probably. Yeah, he, he wears that, a tux the without, one suit. Yeah, <laughs> he, the one suit. he
0: wears yeah. a tux without a bow tie, and then like sneakers. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't notice yeah, he, he was his, wearing
1: tux. He's on his feet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. As an usher, like that's what you do. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta support a, what those What does arcs. he do
2: all day? What does he do all day? In like, <laughs> in, well, he on, watches in, all
1: the movies. Does he
0: watch? I think he, he just comes there and hangs out. which, Okay, that's fine. I mean, I guess I don't know.
1: If he were from a different time, he would do what we're doing now. <laughs> he watches movies and then he just talks about them. Yeah. Uh, you know, movie Mason. He's just born in the wrong time. He needed. He needed to wait just a little bit longer for the time of podcasts. Yeah, I he, feel like yeah. he would really thrive. He would have a lot to say about fancy <laughs> himself. He
2: would definitely <laughs>
0: record a podcast just by himself though mm-hmm. in the basement, mm-hmm. uh, just like a three-hour-long podcast. Yeah. I I don't I don't want to hear what Mickey Rooney has to say <laughs> about movies. <me, so. laughs> um uh, does Mickey any no i didn't think so when did he die obviously that, after 2000 about five years ago he was really old i
2: thought so yeah um,
0: i mean he looks old i think this. he's in his like late 70s here yeah he was like in his 90s was this one of died. the last
2: things he did would would somebody check i would love to know how how long no, he was he'd... working again
1: he i think towards the end right. he was doing like some cameos like, he... and stuff
0: oh yeah he yeah. is um I know he had a cameo on The Simpsons, I think, in the late 90s. Yeah. Was
2: he in um, Night at the Museum?
1: Uh, yeah, he was. Okay. Uh, one of them.
0: He was one of the, yeah. Okay, so that would have been... After this. What was the one about, like 2009?
1: Yeah, uh, the last one looks like um, 2014, and that one was released after he died.
0: Ah, okay. So there okay, you I mean, go. So he's working right up until the end. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Which, good, good for him. That basement was one thing that... I connected with because Uh, that that you connected with the movie theater we had did have kind of like a a graveyard of old stuff ironically it was the projection room because they no longer needed any other projection stuff it was all digital and run off a server Mm -hmm. Um, but all of the shit was still there Mm -hmm. left over from when they did use film and then there was just like old stuff in there it, nothing was quite as elaborate as what they had I know he has like props yeah this it was mostly like, just like this old from? seats and a yeah. lot of 3D glasses <laughs> and like yeah. just stuff do you remember that the kids have to crawl through
2: a tunnel to get to that I was like does movie <laughs> Mason <make laughs> have to crawl through this tunnel ever? they did I think they crawled there's the clearly thing. like a door yeah. there's They're a tiny like, opening yeah. that they discover that,
0: that leads oh to, like, yeah, yeah. I, I missed that I was, I
2: was like that's like, Seems hard for
0: him. <laughs> for him. Probably. Hard on the old knees. He is very small, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's like, true. How, how tall is Mickey? God, really? Not very. He
2: seems kind of broad.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's not a little.
1: But Movie Come Mason also seems to have the two. ability to... five... Yeah, so he's small, he's scrappy, he also seems to have the ability to move through the
2: shaft.
0: So
2: but Judy garland was
0: yeah. 4'11. My, oh my god, god, she was small.
2: <laughs> I have no idea.
0: So comparatively he was taller than they they, him.
2: they definitely picked, she never had to stand on an apple or he never had to stand on an
0: apple box to look no to look uh
2: taller they
0: never had to create that
2: illusion Well maybe he
0: did cuz those movies were all when he was like a teenager Yeah and he was so yeah he might not have had his growth spurt <laughs> to 5'2 <five-two> yet
2: <laughs> I wonder if he uh all the drugs they gave I him I was just thinking that <laughs> I was like or
0: or was that like where they were at like when as they started, twins, yeah. and then uh what MGM just destroyed them. It can't be a coincidence that they were both really small and both on a lot of, of substances as as young. Well I don't know if children. Mickey Rooney
2: was. Judy well I, definitely they was. were given drugs. Yeah. I don't know if any of them would um actually affect their growth, but the this the, their handlers were giving them like drugs to um up a lot of uppers to keep them yeah. mm-hmm. happy for their like 23 hour long shoot days or whatever. Yeah. Um. Oof. Yeah. Poor Mickey. What a time.
0: <laughs> what a time. Just
2: and to think that he lived to see Phantom of the Megaplex, you know. What a life. <laughs> what a rich, what a rich life. Um
0: Okay, what are we what are we missing? What are the big So so then they, the, the like, owner of the theater arrives, Mr. Niedemeyer. He does. Thank you. Yeah. And he's like, where is that balloon that I had on the top of the building? <laughs> mm. Yes. Um, a throwback
2: to the very beginning of the yes. movie where they're putting a, jo- a, a, a Godzilla dinosaur. Basically, a T-Rex, yeah. yeah. A T-Rex, thank you. Up on the roof what's it called when it's a godzilla but it's not godzilla it's no no a di- a, i was, I was thinking of for? tyrannosaurus rex is what oh, i was okay. a dinosaur <laughs> you, you were giving me way too much credit i was looking for the word dinosaur, oh, di- yeah, di- <laughs> so dinosaur. i was looking for
0: lizard <laughs> um a large lizard a large lizard there you go
2: yeah um yes it's put on the roof and his mom's like you probably shouldn't be on the roof it's like. Meh, meh.
0: I'm you the what? assistant manager <laughs> at seventeen. I is is have... that even legal? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have nothing to live for. It's fine if I If I die in the name of, I die doing what <laughs> I love. <laughs> putting inflatable animals. Hey, you're right. On they the put roof.
1: these kids up on the roof, then they cancel their dinner breaks. These kids need a
0: union. Like <gasps> that's, that's right. Opinion. They do. And, and that one, that, that one kid, kid, kid is like, "This is very illegal." Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you can't do that. No, um, and and
2: they're like this fucking narc. <laughs> like, what the fuck? We'll we'll do anything for this theater, including work through our dinner. Party. Again, yeah, which...
1: such realistic stakes. <laughs> because for every theater manager, that is like how they see it. Like yeah. we're all gonna live and die by how this all goes tonight. I forth.
0: don't know that I've met any actual like movie theater workers that felt that way. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. It's, Nobody it's always, gave a shit. Yeah. No.
1: It's always management putting on that uh, undue pressure on the situation.
0: Yeah, it was always this is your
2: problem. I'm like, I'll 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 kill you and myself before you take my dinner. <laughs> break. I'll murder suicide. Everyone. Oh yeah,
0: I would be like, no, I'm taking a break. Yeah, you have to give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'd be that character. I'd be the uh, quote
2: unquote annoying character in this situation. Like, Weird no, though, you can't take that away. Like
0: they they talk about how they can't do breaks, but then it seems like this place. Programs the movies so they all run at the same time. That to so true. there was no one in the lobby <laughs> in sure. like when the sessions were in. And yeah. So, so i was like, well, uh, there are there's a lot of downtime. They they definitely could take breaks. It was so interesting to me that they <laughs>
2: chose to like have movies before the premiere. They were just wo- woefully underprepared. Mm-hmm. I think even from the beginning, like. I kind of wish it had been like the arc was like, we seem prepared, and then things fall apart a little bit. I mean, bit. it kind of
0: was, yeah. but the way that they made it seem like preparation was just, oh, we've cleaned everything. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, Everything is clean, yeah. and, and we have cups and straws. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and I think it was like, I think, uh, I think uh, Sean's like, well, these Three people aren't coming, and so we're totally fucked. And I'm like, you should. It should be a lot more. The difference between you guys succeeding and
0: not succeeding should be. Don't you have anybody yeah, you can call? Yeah.
2: Like, get some people, pay them overtime or whatever. Definitely, like. if
0: this was a big if if it's a small town movie theater and they're having a big premiere, I would think they would just close all other sessions for that uh, night. Yes, <laughs> and it'll probably be on like a Monday or something. It's like, a
2: twenty-two. Again, we only see a couple, but like, there's appears to be only like five five teenagers working there and it's 22 screens it just always kind of seemed like there's Mm. no way they can be successful like the stakes seem really really high but at no point are they actually set up to be successful at least from from a from a 20 you know almost 30 year olds perspective i'm like oh they're never going to succeed whereas from like a seven year old you're like oh my god it's not happening, you know, because you have no idea what that's, kind that's of manpower. <gasps> yeah, five people. Teenagers are so old, <laughs> yeah. and there's one projectionist for 22 screens. Again, that's why
1: all this so so realistic. Yes. I, I would love to speak with uh, the screenwriter, maybe or the director, because it feels like those elements of the movie theater are so true to mm-hmm. uh, my own experience, almost. 10 years after this film was released <laughs> that it just must be some, you uni- some things are just universally true in the movie theater business. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Should... the management, like still running movies before, like that, that sounds like a total corporate move, right? They're mm-hmm. just like, what, we're going to not true. have business yeah. that day. No. <laughs> Everybody works all day and then you all work all night overtime. We, we did
0: have thing. some <laughs> premieres at the, Cinema that I worked at, yeah. And there were other sessions running at mm-hmm. the same time, mm-hmm. but it was a massive place that had two sides, yeah. So they just the one side was having the premiere, and the other side was running regular movies, yeah. Like, yeah. So they didn't even cross paths, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they mean, were it's... also set up with that, with you know, a full staff, right? Like, yeah. Where if three people call in sick, there are other people to take that. they just uh
2: they were they had no idea how busy they were gonna be i mean they did but they just they still
0: were just not up to the does this mean that those kids are the only people that work there do they work every uh, day
1: i think that's i think it's more just the practicality of uh making a movie where you don't (laughs) actually want 12 to 20 uh, movie theater characters (laughs) in your hour and a half movie it's it's enough that you know, it's so much as it is that they had to like again speed round through all those characters. Like in the opening scene of the movie, they're like, yeah. "Here's everybody and their one defining trait." Mm-hmm. All right, is that enough characters for our movie? Because mm-hmm. they're really just there to be like sort of the background players yeah. of the yeah. of the entirety. Yeah. While while you know the Rileys are all looking for uh, the Phantom, mm-hmm. trying to stop him.
2: And I, you know, from a storytelling perspective, like I do respect it. I do. I'm just I'm just worried about their business model. <laughs> I'm just.
0: It's true. That's It's true. Not it's true. <laughs> it's not. No, it's true.
2: It's really These not. are the
0: problems of watching things as an adult. Yeah. Where now We're you're like, like ah. this place is running terribly. Yeah. And I do think
2: that uh, uh, adult um, screenwriters take a lot of liberties with um, with like facts like this. And mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's because it's for kids and it's fine. But um, I kind of wish sometimes they like pick it. Maybe not with this movie, but they kind of pick and choose like what's like like one thing that was clearly a liberty was taken on was like the fan mysteriously appears and it's because mm. kids won't think like oh how do the fa- won't think about yeah. the logistics yeah. of that but I did think I remember being like yeah like, that fan fucking what? just
1: yeah that, that one Someone- sat with me for a minute yeah and it's a shame because all the other ones are kind of clever yeah and like really plausible like mm. the movie, it just keeps pretty grounded um even in the third act where it goes really crazy like it works but this is that was the one where it's like how do you get that fan in there? You know uh, I'll, be, I'll yeah. be up all night thinking about that. You one. know what? I <laughs> um, but I did think I did just remember though we do get uh, the in the early scene when he's um, when Sean's telling everybody careers are gonna be made tonight. Mm-hmm. We do get a good shot, I think, of like the full theater yes. staff, and it's it's like at least thirty or so people. Yeah. Um. So again, uh, this part of the realities of just like. We only can afford all these extras for one day. Yeah. And we can't even go overtime on that day. Yeah. So let's make it one shot. Yeah. And then uh, everyone goes home. Right. And then we'll just focus and on And they like, can't even
2: board. afford to have, like, even extras in the shots, like, at the concession stand. Like, we see the same six kids yeah. are, are doing everything. Yeah. everything. They're right, working right, right. simultaneously at the
0: concession stands and taking tickets. And, and then the theaters things. are full of adults. Yeah. So they yeah. don't have children mm-hmm. they right. have to deal with all the time
2: I would have put the fans you know what I would have done you know how you go there's two instruments there's emergency exits down front yeah but there's like two – you always enter the theater at the back and then have right. to go all the way to the front usually or like halfway through and then probably mm-hmm. go sit. I would have put the two, two fans at the exits so they start blowing and people are trying to exit and you can't because mm-hmm. the fans mm-hmm. are in the way. Well, that is
1: sort of what happens in the third act with uh, – well, we mentioned the missing uh, like T-Rex balloon. Mm-hmm. And then it finally it comes back. Mm-hmm. um in the at the big premiere.
2: You're right. Um I, they couldn't have done it for it, that and, reason. And it
1: comes down from above and then we get a couple other big monster balloons that blow up and block the exit so everyone's trapped in the theater mm-hmm. while that thing is falling down. Mm-hmm. And like uh, they really sell uh those <laughs> what seems like very low stakes, but also everyone's very terrified. And it's, <laughs> yeah. like it's, yeah. it's, again, very true to the situation. Like, it would be fine if not for the chaos caused <laughs> by everyone freaking out.
0: The uh, people at this town very freak out bunch. immediately. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. They at go straight place. from, like, find just terror yeah. if at anything mm-hmm. unexpected yeah um, they should work on that maybe i was gonna it's a pretty low stakes like final uh prank mm-hmm. in my opinion oh yeah it's oh, yeah. all
1: just mischief yeah you know? it's like just no mischief. no one's ever in danger which again goes to it being like clearly aimed more towards like younger kids mm-hmm. like the there aren't really like dangerous stakes yeah. at any point nobody um pete jumps on the back of that big balloon but you know it just slowly um, yeah. deflates and like yeah falls down like a cushion. For yeah, him. that's like the most dangerous thing that anybody does in the whole movie. You're
2: right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like very like fake spooky. Whereas like mm-hmm. don't look under the bed it was kind of real spooky in my opinion. Trying to be trying. To be. Yeah, I mean from from it was mm-hmm. like, like like the prosthetics. This one was like. I was definitely hoping for a little bit more, like, spookiness, I think. I was hoping for it to be, like, 10% spookier.
1: Yeah, they definitely go more for, like, <laughs> tension over um, over scares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, the scariest bits that we get, like we already discussed, Mickey Rooney uh, creeping around those <laughs>
2: Um
1: Terrified. Yeah, which is the also, like, very much from you know the phantom of the opera and there is don't those, they like, that's the true I'm, layer. I'm i'm sorry so don't they, they show the, the picture
2: of the phantom they do to not to cut
0: you off that they show we actually look.
2: see the original phantom the mm-hmm. um
0: they, they showed a the picture and they showed clips from the lon chaney version lon chaney. Of that the right, right, yes, they yes. Show that in
1: the, in the beginning where they i'm guessing that the because film. that was
0: probably public domain it is I think, yeah yeah yeah
1: possibly uh-huh um but yeah okay i mean again yeah you gotta lampshade it like you'll be like. This is based mm-hmm. on a thing, mm-hmm. and we know that, and they yeah. do it like the first two seconds. Uh, they do, yeah. And then just keep going.
2: Yeah. Um, right. It's not. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is what it is, which is like uh, the Phantom. Um, makes like a whoa, like laugh a couple yeah. times.
1: Yeah, he has a creepy laugh. He right. does. And he's just having a good time. He runs. He runs
0: around sprays. with a mask and like a cape and shit. He like, does. He's really a going very for like it, kind right?
2: of flamboyant. Mm-hmm. Look. Mm-hmm. the the cape is
1: great. Quite... It it's a good look. Like, it's... The costume design like it's a it, it's, a, it's a cool um for like their budget and everything. Like the phantom like, I think it works well enough and kind of evokes the phantom that we all know from like, you know. Yeah. It
0: does. It does. Um yeah, so then obviously it's revealed that the phantom is Sean. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. What was his motivation? He just
1: wanted to be noticed. The Mr. Needlemire Can't even call him by his real name. Yeah. And uh, puts all this undue pressure on him and then can't even treat him like a human. You Mm. know what? I'd snap and put on a phantom (laughs) costume too. I mean, haven't we all been there? Who, who yeah. hasn't wanted to, you know, put on a yeah. scary costume and just mess with the people at work, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't actually want to harm anybody. <laughs> just pull some, again, like Scooby-Doo ask mischief. So scare so, them all away.
2: So Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, the other thing um, that happens at the end, not to um, not to disagree with Hunter's um, version of events, he does fail up, but I don't know if you remember, he's talking to the, the director of the movie oh, and the yeah. director's like, give me a coffee and oh, we'll yeah, talk about yeah. this. And Sean just has this like dead in the eyes look he's oh, like okay. i'm never gonna be well
1: that's the cycle right like you're yeah. never gonna really be like he he'll uh, he'll leave the podunk town for hollywood mm-hmm. but he's always gonna be under somebody's boot yep. yeah yeah
2: yeah even if they're gonna make this whole movie about him like mm-hmm. he still is this and it really is a commentary on the bourgeoisie i think <laughs> And I mean, yeah. Who I mean, owns the means of production? Yeah. Who are the proletariat? <laughs> to...
1: yeah. I mean, We've already talked about how these kids need to unionize. <laughs> this I
2: movie feel... is so so much about class structure. Disney, because it a uh, secret, yeah. secret
1: Well, because it work, it focuses on like some working class people and like mm-hmm. shows their lives in a more realistic way <laughs> than like your Hollywood like fashion and like and, and builds all of those antagonists from that. It's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah." The jerky manager is the bad guy. And Mm -hmm. all the pressure is coming from the rich blowhards that have no idea about all these little guys that make everything run. Just
0: as Walt would have wanted, you know, (laughs) noted communist. (laughs) Noted communist.
2: Yeah, like, it is funny how, like, the pressure, like... um, Max, I don't know his name. I don't know his name. Pete's pressure comes from Sean, Mm -hmm. and Sean's pressure comes from Mr. Niedermeyer. It's like, what if we just break the cycle here? What if we just...
1: No, but instead, what happens is Sean's fired, and then he's going to move on to Hollywood, and Mr. Niedermeyer tries to offer um, Pete, (gasps) like, Sean's job. And he realizes, oh, if I do that, I might become like him. Uh, I think. And he realizes, like oh, what am I working so hard for if I'm not spending time with my family and if I can't get a girlfriend, like, what am I? What am I doing with yep. that time? So yep. he just blow blows it off, and the guy says, "Good for you. Here's here's the fifty. Take a girl out. <laughs> like, and I just you gotta love like the rich guy just sort of like throwing crumbs and being like, yeah. There you go. But it's you like, know, he turned, eh, whatever. He turned, yeah, he's like, I mean, I'm not gonna fix the job. I just want you to do it now. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, I'd rather, I'd rather not.
0: Mm-hmm. A seventeen year old should not ever be offered the uh, manager of. of no. Like, that's a full-time job. He, he can't do that with we school. We just established
2: yeah. that he can't run the theater. It was just no. a big mess. Yes. Clearly,
1: Mr. Needlemyer does not know how to run a business. No. And, um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. And that the business should be in the hands of the workers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So all that's, of the children well,
0: should share the duties. And those
1: with the yeah, those with the um, wow with the passion for the movies as as movie Mason. Movie
2: Mason should run the theater. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, actually, that's my final thought. I just yeah, that's but what you gotta
1: appreciate that they don't do that. Like yeah. uh, like yeah. that would actually be like the Disney movie yeah. like ending where like. It all works out. Like yeah, they he, stick no. to the reality that they established <laughs> all the way through to the he end. He should not where, be like, anything. The, anyone the thing that. is not very triumphant. Like the triumphant thing for our protagonist is to say, like, I need a break. Yeah. And like, and that's you know, what's more relatable than that? Really? No,
2: literally nothing. What is movie <laughs> Mason's last beat? What is his last thing that he does? I'm
1: absolutely certain that it must have been another monologue about the magic of film <laughs> and how it brings us all together. <laughs> Because what else his does he waspied. do in the movie?
2: <laughs>
0: um, what does he do? According doing? to Wikipedia, and I vaguely remember this, is um, he explains to Brian that he never once believed in the Phantom of the Megaplex. Um, However, the Werewolf of the Megaplex is another right. story. That's right. So he's just, Movie
2: Mason's just still there, just doing his thing, frightening kids and. Yeah, just being okay. a
0: horrifying person in every possible way. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Great, great, great. We made it. Yeah, we made it. Yeah, member,
1: he has to establish, like, I'm not the Phantom, but I am still the scariest person in this movie theater. Yeah. And don't you ever forget <laughs> it, kid. And that's and why we'll I'm not sequel. named
0: manager. And mm-hmm. maybe we'll do a sequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't. And no. That's a shame.
1: Uh, really, I feel like they said everything they needed to say with Phantom. I, I would
0: agree with I that. I agree. I agree. As, yeah, I yeah. agree as well. There's no stone left unturned. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So the question is, do we want this D? Mm-hmm. Do you want to go for assembly? Do you have? Line? I think I want it as much as the Tornado Woman, mm-hmm. who said, "Run for your lives, children! It's a tornado." <laughs> My favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a tornado. It's a fan. It's know. just a fan. It's that couldn't possibly be powerful enough to do the things it's doing in that theater. Oh, you know? I don't even know why they have that fan they have
2: it for the premiere but why do they need it why do they need a fan that size that's like a that's like a hurricane awesome fan. Maybe,
1: maybe who knows maybe. okay
2: <laughs> maybe who knows i was
1: going to speculate like it's involved with the balloons but honestly it's just there for that one setup
2: it really is. and they
1: didn't think about it beyond that
2: i can't help but feel like they were going to do something else and then it fell through when they Went into production and they had to make it because that thing with it being in the theater is so very goddamn possible. stupid. Yeah. It's so
1: stupid. It's such a it's it's, it's such a tight movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, weird it's, to say. There's literally but, but no like, flaws. But they but they thought clearly thought you know and they keep it all pretty grounded throughout except for that one. You know, the fan. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of the fan.
2: Yeah, no fan of the fan. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the movie as much as Pete likes cereal. Uh, In that scene where he's,
0: like, shoveling cereal into his mouth. I There was so much cereal. So
2: much. And I'm just like, he's 17. He could... I mean, his sister knows how to make mac and cheese. He could have made, like, a much, Like, an actual dinner for himself, probably. Yeah. But but he was just just like, I'm
0: starving. Actually, no, I believe that. (laughs) (laughs) He's eating cereal out of, like, a mixing bowl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a giant bowl. He's got, like, an entire packet of cereal in there. I've never... I, I'm afraid he has an eating disorder, and his mom like would be even like comments on it. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's so I'm very enthusiastic okay.
0: about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hunter, do you have one?
1: Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I could go on and on, just like movie Mason about <laughs> this because those and those are the things that I like about it. I think that there is um, quite a bit of genuineness to this movie. Like somebody was making it with a real love for film and uh not just to get the paycheck for making this film yeah Yeah. so and 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 i appreciate those elements of it quite a bit and then they you know it's a it's pretty clever for a little for a kid's movie um
2: they yeah they we we can give it
1: one that i'd 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 revisit much as an adult (laughs) um but yeah if i you know if there are kids around and maybe it'd be a fun one to throw on
2: i agree all right i agree
0: well, Hunter, can't, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me. This was a delight.
0: Good. Do you have anything to plug?
1: Uh, ah, yeah, not not really. Um, I'm always happy to come back on and uh, yeah, we'll talk have about you the back D. On. Yeah. yeah. I'm
2: big fan of the show. Do you have um, Do you have an Instagram or a Twitter? No. Really, <laughs> I'm no, I'm I did
1: I wouldn't I'm, I'm I'm the phantom of social media.
2: Yeah, and, uh, oh, I not I don't
1: want anyone to follow me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so. I don't, just like the fan, you're just like
0: just like the Phantom. Yeah, no one will follow. All right. Well, you can follow us mm-hmm. on Instagram. We are talking about the D and we're about the D on Twitter. Mm-hmm. On Please Facebook. rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: I put a lot of effort
0: into the Instagram stories. So. She does. They're excellent. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh no cuz I was going to say instead of a uh, social media post no you can just find me at the local theater waxing poetic about the magic of film
0: mm-hmm. real life movie mason here mm-hmm. yeah okay. i actually completely
2: i know hunter well enough that i believe <laughs> that this is true it doesn't I'm seem trying like i'm trying to
1: convince people don't go see that you don't want to <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. all, all right. right uh that'll do it until next time okay bye
0: Wahahaha <laughs> 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 Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.